You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. We cover news and events from the week in Lucha Libre, talking about Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout, throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms. That includes iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Podbay, Speaker, and more. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm very excited. We are all together. And by all together, well, who am I talking about? Who? 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 It is the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who. Hey, hey, wow. <laughs> you said it, and I'm just sitting there going, okay, I'm just going to wait for my part. <laughs> and action. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, this week's going to be a little bit of a Fast and Furious episode because we all got lives to live and uh, but lots to talk about as well. Um, also, a shout out because I always forget a shout out to our partners at thecheershot.com who uh, distribute the Lucha Central weekly podcast as their official Lucha Libre podcast for thechairshot.com so thank you so much to all that are listening that have listened if this is your first time listening welcome to it because we got you covered in the week that's been lucha libre we are going to get started with news of the week with brendan all right uh, news of the week is really brief this week i uh i i was trying to find some interesting stuff for you, but uh, I got distracted by all the great indie roundup stuff. So I'm just going to go real quick with New Japan of all places. Well, I mean, we've been covering them for a while because they have lots of lucha, but New Japan has announced they're going to have a TJP versus Mascara Dorada match. So um, exciting stuff there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for. For those of you who didn't hear my my mini rant on um why I think Mascara Dorada is so good was because during the the turn of the cruiserweight tournament, uh, especially when he wrestled against other New Japan guys, he switched between kind of a strong style and and lucha libre style pretty fluidly. And uh, I don't remember off the top of my head if these two met in that tournament, but this is kind of a tournament rematch too. So like. All of this, like him working with New Japan means that there's new and uh, lots of different kinds of matches we can see out of him that I think 
are going to remind people of the, the star that he was when everybody became aware of him because the tournament really did expose him to a much broader audience. Yeah, I I believe that was one of the finals was Angelique versus TJ Perkins, but I for some reason I feel like it was on Raw and not on the tournament. I don't remember. Yeah, I know that they they wrestled early in that period of time, but I don't remember right. if it was in the tournament or in the promotion matches for the tournament. But yeah, um, either way. It's uh it's it's a callback to that period of time where the both these guys really got to shine and uh, TJP is also no stranger to the strong style and we've uh, covered him on the show so you know he knows his lucha yeah uh but that's so like I said I was just gonna stick with the one quick story here uh because I had a bit of of uh things to cover in the Indian Roundup. I have two two shows with a lot of matches that, that might be interesting to people. So um uh, The Crash had another show. Uh this time uh there were six matches on the card. I'm gonna skip the opening match just for a little bit of time. I apologize to you undercard guys. I do love you and I love watching your matches. Um, second match, we had Black Danger, Dinamico, and Oraculo against Black Destiny, Emperor Azteca, and Commander. So, like, this is your uh, young up-and-coming six-man match that uh, must must be seen. Uh, Black Danger, Dinamico, and Oraculo came out on top of that. By the way, half of these guys will will be at Expo Lucha as well. So I don't know if Commander is has been announced, but I'd love to see him there. Black Danger and Oraculo are regulars at Expo Lucha. Black Destiny, I believe, has been announced. Um, you know, so there you go. Um, and then we had a. a Proximo against Toto in the next match. Proximo came out on top. Uh, that there was uh, a little bit of outside interference that helped Proximo get the win. Um, then we had Arandu Starboys Arco against Super Astro Junior and Traumas One and Two. And Arando Starboy and Zarco came out on top there. Uh, of note that. Uh, the Lucha blog put in on this one was that Super Astro Jr. wore his, a Super Munico tribute mask. So um, very cool there. And uh, all of us mask fans are probably going to be looking for for that mask because that sounds really super cool. Uh, then you had Ray Horus and Demonic Flamita deepening their feud all over the world. Uh, they, they are, are going to just do this match. I think they're trying for that fight forever energy and I support it because every time they get together, it's great. This was a last minute changed, uh, change, but again, it produced magic that, uh, was there. Flamita took Horace's mask off after the end of the match and I can't tell, but I think he walked away with it too. So. Uh, you know, he's going full on he, Rudo, and, and he wants to make sure that, uh, there might be an Apuestas match out of this. And, uh, again, I'm here for that. I'm, you guys have seen that stuff. I'm sure you would love to see it too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> love an Apuestas match. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
any place just match. It could just be, <laughs> yeah. it could be two guys on the street going, I'll bet my hair. And you'd be like, okay, I'm watching. Yeah. Well, I mean, the stakes <laughs> are high. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, in our, our main, we had El Hijo del Santo and Octagon, uh, it just says Octagon. Okay. So I'm so used to saying Octagon Jr., but it's Hijo del Santo and Octagon. Against Fuerza Guerrera and Hijo del Fishman. This was a three falls match, which, as the Cubs fan mentions, is unusual for the crash. But I love seeing more traditional lucha, especially with these these big older names on there. Uh, the Technicos, so Santo and Octagon, did take two out of three falls. Uh, it's, and uh, it sounds amazing. I want to see all of this match. I've only seen a couple of highlights here and there, and I'm super excited. Uh, so that was our crash. That was from 218. There are results and and highlights available online. I believe the results are up on Lucha Central. Uh, they are definitely... There's also definitely uh, results on uh, in other places, but uh, they I'm pretty sure I got this off of Lucha Central. And then uh, Big Lucha... Which, uh, those of you who remember, this is kind of a cool promotion because it's being operated out of, uh, out of Bandito's gym. They had a card. It had some big names on it as well. Uh, so we're going to start. They also had a six match card. We're going to start with match number two where you had Kameta Maya, uh, King and Kong, not King Kong, but King and Kong. Against, uh, Lil Blay, Mil Amas, and Potro. And Kometa Maya, King and Kong came out on top on that. Uh, then we had, uh, this is the one. This is the match that I'm going to hunt down. So if any of you listening out there have this, have the full unedited version of this match, uh, send it to me. And if it's a, a behind a paywall, I will happily pay for this. This was Skyade against Negro Navarro. Ooh. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> These are two masters of the craft that have, are responsible for teaching the majority of people that we have talk about on this show. Uh, Skyade is more, has worked more on the U.S. side of Lucha Libre. Negro Navarro has come, comes up now and again. They teach everybody, Negro Navarro, we've talked about being uh, an absolute legend. We need to talk more about Skyade being a legend, too. But uh, uh, it, it was uh, a last-minute change, but oh my goodness, this uh, I, I, I want this. I want this match, guys. Somebody find it for me. Uh, Skyade came out on top, and I don't even know what insane move he hit for the finisher and uh, and how he probably had to reverse a Negro just to do it um and then you had and in the next match you had yutani and aries uh yutani came out on top but he did uh foul aries and uh they they're kind of working for a uh a vipers feud out of this it's according to cubs fan uh and then our main event, Cyclone Ramirez Jr. and El Bandito against Demonic Flamito and em- Emperador Azteca and, and also the tag team of Dragon Lee and Dralistico. 
So, I mean, you know, loaded main event with lots of guys. If you are into that West Coast wrestling style, this is definitely the one because you've got Bandito, Demonic Flamita, Emperor Doras, Tekka, and of course the Hermanos Lee. Uh, just, yeah, all over the place. It looks, uh, it, it is, uh, Cyclone Ramirez Jr. and Bandito that came out on top on this. So, like, big, big card at Big Lucha. They always have big cards. It's like that Bandito guy is well connected or something. You guys ever heard of him? Yeah. <laughs> I think he has a gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe he's a gym owner. Yeah. Yeah, isn't the guy that owns a gym? Yeah. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> he owns a gym. All right. So that is my my uh, this week in the news and my indie roundup. Uh, as always, let me know if you guys have stuff you want me to cover. I'm I'm always happy. It it makes my life easier even to have some submissions now and again because then I know what to focus on. So uh, we'll give the socials later. But thank you. Thank you, Brendan, for the news of the week and of course the indie roundup. Up next. You know what time it is. We're going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday night's live is WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed and please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love for now this is denise salcedo signing off from lucha central central have a great week 
lucha-masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend, Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. And as always, a huge thank you to Denise Alcedo letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network with this week's Lucha Central Central. Well, we talked about it last week. We previewed all the pay-per-views that were happening this past weekend, and we're coming back full circle. We're starting off with AAA Ray de Reyes. Dusty, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, we had AAA Ray de Reyes this past weekend, Saturday, February the 19th. And we'll run down the winners and the losers. First up, we had Taya and her big return, defeating Maravilla, Lady Shawnee, Flamer, and surprise entrant Kira. This was a four-way match to determine the number one contender for the AAA Reina Duranas Championship. Just as the show started, Phoenix came out. He had a microphone. Just as he came out, it started to rain. Made an amazing visual. He said that he was still injured and couldn't compete, but he introduced Taya back to AAA. She walks down to the ring, almost like a cotillion-style thing, with Pentagon. You know, that Peros Del Mall feel, it's so good. Nice to see them back together again. She did some tie-up poses for the crowd, and she addressed them with the microphone, said that she was happy to be back, as she was ready to challenge Deanna Parazza for the Reina Duranas championship that she had never lost. Amazing match. Kira had some really cool spots in the match. Taya wins. It sets her up to face Deanna Perazzo for the Reina's championship. Now Taya never lost that championship. If you recall, she was stripped of the championship. So some legitimate stakes and she's number one contender, but my favorite part of the match aside from Taya's return was Poppy Torrantes. He showed up and he was there to punish his son, Eo Del Torrantes for being a bad ref and helping <laughs> Taya win. And so, because she had had I her soldiers from down you, Dad. Time. Yes. Yeah. Isn't yeah. this the family business? It is. <laughs> but it made for a really fun spot. The last two were Taya and Shawnee, and Taya won. And afterwards, they celebrated in the ring together. Cool spot. Very exciting. Next up, we had Los Vipers, the Bismo Negro Jr., Latigo, and Psychosis, Defeating Miss Disease, Mr. Iguana, Nino Amberguesa. Willie Mack was supposed to be in this trio's match. He was announced, scheduled, promoted, but he did impact instead on Saturday night. There was a lot going on, so Miss Disease stepped in to replace him. After that, we had second team of Los Vipers, the rest of the team, Aries and Chic Tormenta, and a triple threat mixed tag team match where they defeated Los Mercenarios of Viano 3 Jr. and La Hidra and the team of Octagon Jr. and Sexy Star. It was announced that it was non-title after the match started, or like just before it started. After the match started, it became clear that it was going to be a lumberjack match for whatever reason. Uh, no explanation there. Ari's pinned Sexy Star Jr. Next up, we had La Familia Real, Los Parks, L.A. Park, El Io del L.A. Park, and L.A. Park Jr. defeating La Empresa. Puma King, Sam Adonis, DMT Azul. Sam Adonis did a 450 splash in the rain. It was amazing. 
just so cool. Los Parks, La Familia Real, they won by DQ for no understandable reason. Just all of a sudden, the ref raised L.A. Park's hand, and they won. It Not a great ending. Just kind of <laughs> fell apart. Next up, we had the five-man Rhea Dureas match. Psycho Clown defeating Cybernetico, Laredo Kid, Bandito, and Surprise Entrant Heavy Metal. Pagano hit Cybernetico with the chair to set up the cyber clown, or the psycho clown win, rather, but he is the only full-time AAA guy in the match, so who else did they think was going to win the sword? It, it was <laughs> telegraphed early to us it would be psycho clown. Next up, we were supposed to have a tag team match. Lucha Bros versus the Brothers Lee, Hermanos Lee, but because of Phoenix's injury, it was changed to Pentagon Jr. versus Trilistico. Very cool. They they had announced it at the beginning of the show again, Phoenix's injury, but the rest of it was very fresh. Drillistico was working the Rudo spot here. He offered Penta a handshake, immediately rolled him up for a two count. Great match, very evenly paced, very exciting. Dragon Lee didn't wrestle in the match, but he did interfere. Uh, Penta, Dragon, Dragon Lee and Drillistico beat Penta up like after the match while security and doctors held Phoenix back, denying him the save. But Penta did win with the surprise roll-up, probably to help Drillistico look strong. It was uh, not my favorite thing, but it was also, at this point, the strongest finish of the night. <laughs> and it was just one of those AAA shows. After the match, then, Dragon Lee and Drillistico challenged Phoenix and Penta and FTR. Next up, we had Eel Dilvakingo defeating John Hennigan. You've known him as John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Drip Drip. Now he's Johnny Superstar or John Superstar. This was a championship match for the AAA Mega Campion Championship. Vikingo won with a rope walk inverted Hurricane Rana and then hit the Quaino del Vikingo to retain. That's impressive at any time. An amazing finish to a match. But it was super impressive because they did all this in the pouring rain. Like it was pouring rain you could see how slick everything was and so much of what both john hennigan johnny superstar in this match and vikingo do you need such sure footing for so many of those launch spots aerial spots and they did it anyway rope walking spots moonsaults off the top rope splash you know 450 splash off the top rope in the rain it was incredible i would love to see a rematch sometime when it's drier they can have a little more Sure footing because this was exciting very aerial very lucha in a way but not the traditional aerial lucha it had a lot more gravity and a lot more reality feel to it very exciting the highlight for me was when johnny superstar tried to use the cameraman's camera and then a spotlight but laredo kid ran in and stopped him before vikingo hit an amazing two-foot diving kick Great spot, great run-in from Laredo Kid, and that's what turned the tide for Vikingo to win. Fantastic match to cap a wishy-washy show. A lot of people, you know, tried to do the English commentary. I understood that it was played over the Spanish commentary, so that wasn't a, a high mark for the show either. I did the Spanish. So, yeah, the Spanish was obviously the – it's usually the better choice even if you're like me and you don't speak a lot of Spanish because uh, the Hugo uh, does such a great job of getting you emotionally invested without knowing a, uh, more than a couple words of what he's saying. Uh, but 
yeah, uh, it was the, the women's match in particular was kind of hurt by having, uh, the, the issues with commentary. But otherwise, I thought it was a fantastic show. Carlos Cabrera showed up to be with Hugo, mentioning the announcers. He was there, uh, fresh out of WWE. He'd been the Spanish announcer on Raw for something like 20 years, I believe. And so it was a big deal, but 29 years, according to my notes. I did have it noted. And 29 years he had been with WWE, but back in the 90s, in the Art Bar and Eddie Guerrero days, that was Hugo and Carlos Cabrera. And so to hear those two together again was really exciting for myself, a lot of people. But it was clear he wasn't real hip on the current going-ons in AAA. But they say that's a full-time signing now, that he is back in AAA. Mm -hmm. It's not just a one-off. So a lot of excitement there, especially long-time viewers at AAA, people that watched it when they were kids growing up. This is the you know announcing team that you know and love. It's like having – Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross together again. And very exciting. Big show for AAA. They're making a lot of overtures towards America. They're hinting that they might be on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Dorian has hinted at that in interviews. So there is a lot going on, a lot of exciting stuff with AAA. They have successfully dodged the lawsuit like the Matrix. I, I don't know how they've done it so far, but they have. And everything seems to be going their way. So hopefully things keep looking up for AAA. We've got three Triple Manias this year. We've got the big Apuestas match that builds up through the tournament. A lot of exciting things going on that could bring international eyes to AAA. So I hope they find some U.S. distribution. And we'll keep all that informed and updated and so much more each week in this spot. Same Lucha time, same Lucha channel. Thank you, Dusty, for what happened at Raider Reyes. Well, while you're on it, though, we need you to cover this week in AEW. Yeah, well, the, the main highlight for Lucha fans this week in AEW would be the Dynamite from February 23rd. We had House of Black versus Pinta and Pack. So good. We got Penta Oscura, which basically translates to Penta Dark, but it sounds cooler. It sounds more menacing. He had a really cool, like, entry mask, I guess you'd call it. Like, yeah, to walk to the ring with. At his entrance mask, it was just incredible. Had horns, a very spooky, demonic look compared to normal Penta mask. Loved that. Gonna need one of those. We mentioned the Super Muñeco mask earlier. I'll need that, but I definitely <laughs> need this Penta mask. It's so cool. You've got to check it out. It was a fight before the match ever began. Penta made a nice dive onto both Black and King. They slugged it out in front of the ring. This was really a fast-paced and hard-hitting match, capped off by Penta, realizing, finally, I don't know why nobody ever thought of this. It was genius. He realized he could just put his hand over Malachi Black's mouth when he tried to do the poison mist, and he wouldn't get poison misted, and it worked. So, due to Malachi's shock at blocking the poison mist, or maybe he poisoned himself with the mist, I, I don't know. We could get William Regal to give us some kind of rundown that's better than mine. But anyway, he seized on the moment. He rolled him up, used the most dangerous move in wrestling, the surprise roll-up, used it for the second time this week, won with it twice. So, it, at least it works for him. That's I, why it's the most dangerous move. It works for yeah. everybody. <laughs> works at, uh, every time. <laughs> 
almost, I mean, there, there's the rare occasion, but it, more often than not, it's got like a 99% sex, success rate. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of the, yeah, surprise roll up. Uh, it was a surprise that that's how he won, but I didn't feel it was a surprise <laughs> pin to one. They weren't going to have him lose the 90 debut as new evil persona, but I was very excited to see it play out. After the match, Kings of the Black Throne were both beating down Penta and Pac, and just as Malachi grabbed Penta's shovel from the entrance, the lights cut out. And when they came back on, Buddy Matthews, formerly known as Buddy Murphy in the WWE, who is not me, despite Conan's confusion. Um, if you've been a longtime listener of the show, you know that Conan, when Kevin told him about the show, he thought I was Buddy Murphy from the WWE. <laughs> and... <laughs> We look nothing alike, but Dusty Murphy, Buddy Murphy, he thought that must be Buddy Murphy's real name. And, <laughs> but very cool to see him in AEW. It was kind of confusing. What's he going to do? Whose side is he on? Immediately, he started to beat down on Pac, and so it was clear he had joined the Kings of the Black Throne. It was an exciting spot, but it doesn't look good for Penta and Pac, the numbers game. Hopefully Phoenix is coming back soon to even up the numbers. I can see where AEW wants Phoenix's first match back over AAA, but since he didn't show up Wednesday, you know, maybe we'll see him next week. Very exciting there. Very high energy, high excitement. I 100% assumed that Death Triangle was kind of falling apart for the Lucha Bros. Maybe a solo Penta run, but it looks like with House of black throne or kings of black throne rather becoming a uh trio now with buddy matthews almost as buddy murphy with buddy matthews that we could see more of the death triangle alignment we'll find out what happens there very exciting and speaking of exciting things to come we had some matches laid out for the future sammy versus andrade for the tnt championship on Rampage. It will have already aired by the time you hear this, most likely, but we have not seen it due to recording dates, and so next week we will cover that. I am super excited for this match, but also during Dynamite, speaking of Andrade and Sammy, Matt Hardy suggested to Andrade that what they should do at Revolution was have a Tornado Trios match, Lucha style. Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy versus Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. Seemingly setting the match up for Revolution. It's as much set up as almost any match has had. And I am super, super excited for that. Lucha Rules Trios match on an AEW pay-per-view. I mean, it's not... At least we know Andrade and Sammy get it. Matt Hardy can do anything. Isaiah Cassidy is amazing. Darby Allen and Sting, their thing is a little different, a little less Lucha, but no less exciting. So... Keep an eye out for that. And then also for Revolution, it's official now, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker and what I am already predicting to be the greatest women's championship of all time, like the greatest championship match for the women. Their lights out match was just fantastic. Rosa won that. Britt Baker used that in the promo to say that Thunder Rosa had never beaten her on paper Uh Thunder Rosa said at Revolution it'll be official. Kind of a weak setup for the match for this week, but I, I genuinely think that they can pull a classic out of this, and I, I expect no less. I hope I'm not building up to something that just isn't there, but genuinely I think that this is the match that 
AEW should be putting on. I also think that it's probably the best match in their women's division that they could offer right now. And I see why they held off on it after that amazing match. Be almost a year. That was St. Patrick's Day last year. And so we're really coming up fast. Revolution's got some exciting lucha spots that are possible this year. So we'll see what happens. Um, I believe Revolution this year is on March the 6th, so approximately a week after you'll hear this, two weeks. And, you know, a little bit more to come, I'm sure. We'll find out more about the Kings of the Black Throne versus Death Triangle, I'm certain, leading into that. A lot of exciting news on the horizon. A lot of exciting news involving Penta and Phoenix. Big things for them, AAA. Big things for them in AEW. Just been a good lucha week for those guys. And for all this information and more, much like with AAA, same lucha time, same lucha channel. Check here next week. Thank you, Dusty. Up next, we have this week in Major League Wrestling. Of course, we had MLW Fusion that aired on the night of recording, which is on Thursdays, and you can find that on YouTube. Only two matches this week, and that's because the first match of the night took up a majority of the show, and that was the Mixed Trios action. Uh, last week, we did talk about uh, the anticipated matchup. Uh, between mixed trios as far as not necessarily gender, but size. Um, El Dragon, Aramis, and a Luchador Sorpresa versus Aris, Gino Medina, and Mini Abismo Negro. Well, who was the Luchador Sorpresa? I feel like I'm talking about Brendan now, uh, which <laughs> is not. Uh, a it very... was not me. I no. am not. <laughs> Who? Uh, that would have been the coolest. <laughs> that would have been. Uh, but a very big buildup by St. Laurent. Uh, who has previously been in conversations with Cesar Duran about his big client. Uh, emphasis on big. And you'll see why when I mention who it is. But uh, very big buildup by St. Laurent, who introduced Microman as his newest client and the third member of this tag match, uh, trios match, actually. And the crowd popped for him pretty, pretty hard. I have to say I was surprised. Um, I mean, throughout this was a really traditional trios match uh, as far as um, the movement in and out of the ring, uh, people coming in and out, uh, the speed. Uh, this started off with Adamis and Addies, who is a fight forever type of vibe that yes. MW is really selling. But of course, you also had the debut of El Dragon, uh, and he had great chemistry with Gino Medina when they both tagged in. Um, and Wells, Mini Abismo Negro performed really well. Lots of high flying stuff, but especially, I mean, I, I think the key things here, El Dragon, and Adamis were a great team, uh, real big high flyers. Addies as well, but more aggressive. And same thing with Gino Medina. And I'll circle back to that in a second. Um, of course, that uh, group, Addies, Gino Medina, and Mini Abismo Negro were your Rudos. Uh, and, uh, you know, made every opportunity uh, to really flaunt the big size disadvantage between their team and, of course, uh, the technical team. Microman, though, had some really good stops, uh, broke up tags several times, 
uh, a great arm drag, uh, I think it was to Aris, uh, and, uh, or maybe it was Minia Bismonegro, um, a really also fun spot where it looked like he was going to dive, uh, through the bottom rope. He could not do that. I think he then jumped onto the back uh, of Gino Medina and then gave Minia Bismonegro, uh, head scissors or her Karana. And so, uh, the crowd just ate it up. And, uh, this in it of itself is, again, the beauty. I mean, Microman is truly on the smaller side of the, of, of the minis division. Um, but it was a really great uh, introduction for U.S. audiences who have never seen a minis, uh, wrestle or a minis match. Uh, Mini Abismo Negro is much more, you know, smaller stature compared to his teammates. Uh, but Microman is one of the smallest human beings to ever wrestle. Uh, so it was entertaining, but also a great set of athleticism. Um, and by the end of the night, I mean, Microman got the pin on Gino Medina. Um, he got the, the big wow. splash onto Gino. Uh, and so the, the technicals won on this. I want to circle back around though to Gino Medina because one thing that commentary continued to emphasize was this was a must win situation for Gino. We haven't seen him wrestle as much, um, in, in MLW for quite some time and his matches has, he hasn't really had any successful wins. I believe he had a, a match series with, uh, Gringo Loco last year and in those I believe he may have only won one or two of those um, I'm not sure I don't remember if it was one or both of them but uh, you know the level of competition in MLW is now very steep and the hill you have to climb is high so Gina Medina really needed to start this uh, match off and start this year off with a win not only did he not win he got pinned by Microman he was very frustrated afterwards. He, uh, they attempted to do an interview with him. He, he was refusing to. And then later on backstage, he attacked Aramis and, you know, per the, uh, attack had blood on his hands literally, uh, to, and, and busted open Aramis. So I do feel like we're getting another, a new side of Gino Medina, one that is way more aggressive and one that's even darker and actually could blend very well into the Azteca underground setting. Um, but I'm not sure if you, either of you guys had seen any clips or the match itself. Uh, but I, were you surprised how well the crowd, you know, embraced Microman? I haven't seen it. I'm uh, not entirely surprised to hear they did because uh, MLW is a pretty educated crowd, and yes. ML, uh, and and Microman is a big name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's very well known, and yeah. his yeah. talent. I mean, like some of the minis. I I don't want to disparage, but some of the minis are not as agile and hypermobile as Microman is. Oh, like he can absolutely. do anything. You know, yes. I mean he there is no physical hindrance due to his size. He is incredible. At, you know, in anything he does, he's incredible. And so I'm not surprised at all that the crowd would just eat him up because he's got the talent. I mean he, he has more talent than a lot of you know, I don't want to say full size, but a lot of regular wrestlers are luchadors. He has even more talent than that. And Mm -hmm. so with his size figured in, he's just incredible to watch. It's almost hypnotic. You can't take your eyes away from him. No, uh, agreed. And I think that you could see that in the match. I mean, absolutely. 
he had help with his partners, but they knew exactly how to utilize him and he knew how to move very well when you had, you know, especially his teammates of El Dragon and Adamis who are absolutely agile, high flyers. Um, he could hang with them. Um, and I think his shots too, you know, just a little and uh, no pun intended, uh, but kind of, uh, the, even the smallest things that he did, uh, the crowd popped for because of just that sure awe of his athleticism for his size. Yes. yes. So much so MLW loved him that he will be back in uh, Charlotte's uh, this Saturday uh, for Super Fight. So this will not be the last we see of Microman. And, uh, you know, it will be very interesting to see uh, what where he lands as far as his, his match at Super Fight and who else he should wrestle. I was just thinking as I was driving on the way home, what a fun match he would have with someone like Zenshi. Um, who is yes. very acrobatic and fun. Uh, and they would both be technicals per se, but it still would be a hell of a match that I just please book it, please, MLW. I want to see Michael Mann and Zenshi. Yeah. I, yeah, I want to see I'm there that, that now. Right. <laughs> we deserve it. We deserve it. Clap, 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 but, uh, yes, that was this week in Major League Wrestling. Definitely check it out. Uh, a really, really great match as, again, too, just as a, uh, proud fan of El Dragon, who is a big name out here on the West Coast, primarily in Texas, Arizona, California. He did a fantastic job. Got pretty brutal in there. He got a series of, of splashes in the middle of the ring by Adis and uh, Mini Abismo Negro. Uh, and so, but everyone, I think there was moments where everyone shined. Everyone had some great spots. And again, I, you know, I'm very much a story person. I'm very intrigued what this may mean for Gino Medina. Um, I do think he has the absolute capability of going to a darker side and maybe Azteca Underground is the mechanism to do that as well as the continued fight forever between Adis and enemies. I'm not tired of it yet, and I don't... Oh, I don't no, it's so go. good. Like like you mentioned, they have strong fight forever vibes, and I don't think it's just MLW. I think everywhere, you everywhere. know, like they're aligned now. Mm-hmm. Yes, so... We are going to continue to cover Major League Wrestling in the future, so make sure you stay tuned to us here at the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Now, this is typically the time where we would kick it off to Dusty for this week in Lucha Libre history, but we're not going to this week. We got too much to cover and not enough time to do it, so we're going to pass on. However, we still got plenty of time to tell you about LuchaCentral.com and all of the great things that are on LuchaCentral.com. So, Brendan, could you let us know what can our listeners find on LuchaCentral.com? Absolutely. So if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish, find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else, find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area, find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of that, 
it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Elite, right? Thank you, Brendan. Up next, this week in WWE, Dusty, some pretty big storylines happening. Yes, yes. So there was a Saudi Arabia show. I did not watch it. Um, the Mysterios versus, I believe, The Miz and uh, – It was just a one-on-one just, match. Just Ray mm-hmm. versus yeah. The Miz. Yeah. yeah except uh, for it was two-on-one. Yeah, well, and we all knew The Miz was announcing a partner. There was a lot of news and excitement that it could be Cody Rhodes. You know, people thought this might be who showed up. It was not Cody Rhodes. It was Logan Paul. Like, There's still time for it to be Cody Rhodes. It's probably Logan Paul. They have not officially announced it yet, but all of the dirt sheets have said, no, guys, it's going to be Logan Paul. Logan was on (laughs) Raw on today. Yeah, he he already yeah. came out. Yeah, it's, so. I it think it's official now. Yeah, oh, okay. It's I, I, yeah, it's that. I, I that should have let you do yeah. your thing. You know <laughs> what you're talking about. It's <laughs> on like to Lucha fans. Logan Paul, we're all like Logan Paul. You know, I mean, it's not the most exciting thing. Yeah. But when you look at the kind of marketing involved and everything. It starts to make more sense. Logan Paul is huge on YouTube, huge with YouTubers. And despite, like, for all promotional appearances, Ray, or not Ray Mysterio, The Miz is like the guy WWE trots out for promotional appearances. He's the Mm -hmm. guy that got the reality show. He's the guy that got the Dancing with the Stars. He was in a bunch of the movies. But on YouTube, despite The Miz's outward media presence, Consistently, one of the most watched wrestlers from each program, each set of clips, anything they post, is Rey Mysterio. We talked about this during the Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, eye for an eye feud. It was polling really well on YouTube, and that's why they kept it going, because Rey Mysterio is consistently one of the highest draws. At one time, he was the most watched luchador on YouTube. I assume that's still true, but I have not done my research on that but logan paul bringing in the millions and millions and millions of views that he does and ray mysterio bringing in millions and millions and millions of views for wwe all of a sudden it starts to make a lot more sense this is co-branding they're trying to kind of catch some of that wave of logan paul with ray mysterio and putting your highest youtube performer against a youtube star makes a lot of sense and it's going to draw a lot of eyes to the product I don't necessarily know that Logan Paul is going to bring any eyes to WrestleMania. Nobody is going to watch WrestleMania to see Logan Paul. I could be wrong. I I just don't see that happening. However, I think lots of Logan Paul fans would tune in on YouTube to see clips and see him wrestle Rey Mysterio. And that's the kind of name recognition and kind of synergetic type. promotion that you just can't buy like that is where the money is and for wwe trying to make a stronger social media footprint trying to make a bigger impression on social media this is triple a's bread and butter the the wrestling Mm -hmm. fans online the online fans love aw but wwe is really trying to kind of get in on that online audience and rather than trying to erode the audience that's already committed to aw they're trying to build a new audience of youtube fans and as much as we might not like it wrestling needs more people watching it 
can't hurt to have Rey Mysterio in a match with Logan Paul. This is only a benefit to Rey Mysterio, only a benefit to WWE. I mean, it's benefit to everybody involved. And so, like I say, on paper, it doesn't make sense. But to put your most forward media guy and your mm-hmm. biggest YouTube star in a yep. match with the biggest YouTube star, mm-hmm. that is a big deal. Yeah. And it just makes sense. Like, there are going to be viewers around the world on this match online. So I have I have the comparison for you. This is uh, Piper and Mr. T, right? If you go yes, all the way absolutely. back to the beginning mm-hmm. of, of wrestling's mainstream push – that was what they did. They found their guy. They put him against another big guy in, in the arena they wanted to get attraction in, and they put it in, in, in a big stage and, and look at the results. So they're trying to recreate that magic, in my opinion. Yes. And, and it worked for them. That was one of their biggest WrestleManias ever. Yeah. And one of their biggest paydays ever up to that point. I mean, Saudi Arabia dwarfs that. I believe just what they've made already is something like eight times all the WrestleManias put together. So that's why they pandered to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> but it's exciting that we're getting this match. I mean, WrestleMania is the Super Bowl of wrestling. The name cachet with even casual fans, people that don't watch wrestling know the name WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So, People hopefully will tune in and maybe be excited about Rey Mysterio. If you had a guy that you wanted first time fans to your product to see and be excited and be, you know, really gung ho about wanting to check your product out, you could do a whole lot worse than Rey Mysterio. He'd be one of the first guys I'd think of as far as exciting work in the ring. So I'm really looking forward to this. I think we'll see a lot of promotion towards it. Rey's the star of the video game this year. It all ties together. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big WrestleMania for Rey Mysterio. So keep your eye on that. Dominic's along for the ride. That's just kind of been his whole character so far. Hopefully we'll get to see some more out of him. But I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah, I mean, it, it is one of those things. It's sports entertainment, and, uh, you know, it is also very high profile to be in that spot at WrestleMania. It's always kind of like the company trusts you enough to be with a high-profile star, um, and to have this opportunity is, you know, it's a sign, too, that they trust, you know, of course the Miz, but also Rey Mysterio and Dominic. Yes, yeah, I mean, they wouldn't put anybody that they didn't have implicit trust in in this spot and the Mm -hmm. fact that it's ray and dominant i mean the miz we understand they've trotted him out for everything but to put ray in that spot is really an ascension in a way that can't even be quantified as far as titles or anything are concerned because ray mysterio he owns the rights to ray mysterio he leaves Mm -hmm. wwe he's still ray mysterio he carries that name recognition with him wherever he goes now and to have that is bigger than a championship i mean you win the championship people wrestling fans will remember your name you go up with a celebrity everybody will remember your name yeah. So very exciting for Rey Mysterio. We'll keep you posted. WrestleMania is roughly five weeks away. Very exciting stuff. Two nights again this year in Dallas. Going to be a big show. We'll have all the news leading up to it and more every week. Same Lucha Time, same Lucha Channel. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dusty. Speaking of Dusty, 
It's time to go over the Women's Dusty Cup brackets. Yes, we did get that earlier this week. WWE announced uh, the the brackets for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And, you know, some of this is a surprise. Some of this isn't. Uh, again, we know that the NXT women's roster is fairly new uh, in comparison to maybe brackets of old. But uh, I think some really good matchups um, are possible. I know there was a few already that happened this week. But let's go over the brackets first. Uh, we do have uh, maybe somewhat of an unlikely but a strong contender team in Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. Uh, Lash Legend and Amari Miller, uh, Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley, who I believe is becoming a new uh, member of the Diamond Mind, or at least being recruited. Of course, your established tag team, Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. Uh, on the other side, we do have Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada, Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai. And this is... Probably my favorite bracket because they set this up a few weeks ago. And for any Latina or anyone interested in Lucha Libre or just Spanish language shit talking. Excuse my French. Uh, but this <laughs> was a great setup. We have Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez versus Yolisa Leon and Valentina Feroz. So a few weeks ago, uh, Yulisa and Valentina confronted Raquel uh, and Cora setting kind of this matchup up. So I'm a little disappointed that it's it's a first round. But one thing that we have seen, again, is establishing a tag team like Yulisa and Valentina. Uh, Both are fairly new to the NXT roster. Both come from Latin American backgrounds. And so sometimes that could come off kind of comedic. But so far, they've been some of the strongest teams um, that were newly established. Um, so I feel like that's a great setup. And then, of course, you have Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez, where a lot of hesitation on Raquel Gonzalez's side to partner with the young Cora Jade. But, uh, you know, maybe against her better judgment or just someone who's trying to find the best in people, uh, Raquel decided to partner with Cora. So um, this week we did have Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray versus Lash Legend and Amari Miller. Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray uh, advanced, and then uh, Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley versus Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro, and believe that uh, Caden and Casey advanced um, on their side. So uh, I believe that, at least I remember seeing that. Let me just double check my notes. But real quick, as far as these brackets, gentlemen, any big thoughts on uh you know, these brackets or just uh, any, you know, team that you're excited about? Well, the first thing I noticed was that it felt like it could be anybody's game. Mm -hmm. You know, like it didn't feel like sometimes you can kind of feel who's going to win and some of these things. And it was not the case this year. I thought that was very exciting. Um, The team of Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada, I think, are going to do very well. Very excited about that. Um, The team of Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray, too. They could be winners. I mean, it just feels like anybody could be a winner in this one. Very exciting. Um, Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez are probably my favorite for the the team to win. I feel like they've got the most – possibility and you know mm-hmm. seem the most badass to me and i like that 
very very much agreed and again i kind of like this dynamic between them i mean we saw it almost last year in kind of a different way with raquel and uh dakota kai uh, and maybe you know raquel being the first person to ever win back-to-back dusty Rhodes tag team classics so and that would not surprise me uh from raquel uh and again even you know long term if most of these teams maybe may break up, um, I could see uh, Casey and and Caden continue. Even a uh, Ulyssa and Valentina continue. So I think there's a lot of great potential there. Um, and I did confirm, yes, Caden Carter and Casey Canzaro advanced in their match. So already we have one set of semifinals ready to go, and we'll have more next week. That is it for this week's NXT. Make sure, of course, you can check out LuchaCentral.com for your results uh, each and every week. Uh, we are going to be finishing up with Impact Wrestling. Yes, it's been a minute since we talked Impact Wrestling, but there was some really great developments at No Surrender this past Saturday. Another pay-per-view that happened. Uh, we had uh, a Haas fight of Haas fights. Jonah defeated Black Taurus. I was able to see clips of this, and uh, this seemed to be something that was felt both wrestlers felt very comfortable in and very much in their wheelhouse. Both are athletic, uh, both are agile, both are very big in size, and so. Uh, Jonah won this matchup. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I do think that they are building Jonah up to be one of their next bigger stars. Um, but I also think that Taurus is utilized so well in this match. And, you know, granted, he may not necessarily be in any kind of title contendership, but I do feel like the ability to work with so many different wrestlers and have to be so well matched up with someone like Jonah is a match worth seeing. Um, I do want to circle around though, to some interesting events. We you talked about it earlier, Dusty about uh, uh, Ty of Valkyrie becoming the number one contender for the AAA Reina de Reina's championship. Well, we have some updates from the actual Reina de Reina's champion, Diana Brazzo. And so she has now begun a open challenge where she will now be uh, allowing competitors to challenge for either her Ring of Honor Women's Championship or the AAA Reina de Reina's Championship. This past Saturday at No Surrender, her open challenge was answered by... Miranda Alizé, the Lucha Baddie herself, she came out to challenge for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Uh, and that makes a whole lot of sense. If you know the history, the, uh, Miranda Alizé was uh, the in the finals of that match against Roxy, uh, losing to Roxy uh, and, and having her win that championship Another opportunity for her to try and get a hold of the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Deanna Parazzo did successfully win and retain that championship. However, this past week on Impact, she put out another open challenge. And this time it was answered by Lady Frost, who challenged for the AAA Reina de Reina's championship. So that's a pretty, I think a fairly big deal that now there's going to be this guessing of who, you know, who's going to challenge for what. Um, and it does bring that visibility to the Reina de Reina's championship that, uh, you know, I would love. However, I just get so excited at the thought of 
you know, who's the number one contender uh, for the Reina de Reina's championship? Taya, huh? Yes. And where is where is Deanna wrestling right now? Impact. Where did Taya used to wrestle? Impact. <laughs> Could we possibly see this match happen on Impact? I cannot, I can't even fathom this. Of course, it could absolutely possibly happen on AAA television. However, it kind of seems more likely that it's going to happen on Impact television or an Impact pay-per-view. I agree, because they're really making overtures to American audiences and wanting Mm -hmm. to become known. And this would be a big feather in AAA's cap to be able to have the match on, I guess it's technically technically Canadian, but still. I mean, it's (laughs) on American TV. Yeah. yeah, it's only going to benefit them. Yeah, I I just I feel like that's the buildup that we're having, and it gets me so excited just for almost teasing. You know, when could Taya show back up to to impact and regain and fight for the the Reina Dorinas championship? That as in her defense, she never lost. I mean, so much full circle happening with this that it makes me super excited. I also. You know, commend Deanna Prazzo for this open challenge. You know, I do feel like this is an opportunity and a great usage of an open challenge where she has two belts. You know, now we don't know what belt is going to be defended when against who. And um, I think it makes things very intriguing. It puts her almost in another elevated spot um, past, you know, her, her reign as knockouts champion um, because of the fact that. She is Diana Two Belts, and um, I think her level of competition is fairly high. Um, and so I just think that that is, again, a very interesting development now that we're putting these pieces together. And I, my gut is telling me we're going to see Taya back on impact. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. And we deserve it. We do. <laughs> We have fought so hard for this, everyone. We have fought so hard for this. Um, yeah. yeah. Who, who knows? But, man, that would just be uh, amazing. So that was this week in Impact Wrestling. Uh, make sure you stay tuned to Impact each and every week. Uh, check your local listings. I believe it's still have Impact Plus and all the Impact uh uh, features. I believe you can watch it on YouTube under subscription, but it's only like 99 cents. It's super Super chill, you guys. Super, super chill. Uh, but that is this week's expedited episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. We brought it in to you 60 minutes or less hot and fresh out the oven to you this week in Lucha Libre. So thank you all so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can visit Lucha Central on social media as well at lucha central on facebook and oops lost my way and at lucha central on instagram you can also visit lucha central on twitter at lucha central com and of course lucha central's youtube page has tons of content that you can see at any time with that though you should go and follow us on social media as well it's gonna do you some good uh so let's hit it off first with dusty where can listeners find you on social media I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. Yes. And Brendan. I think we might have lost Brendan. He had to go. But he is on Twitter uh, 
he's three two one t shirt guy numbers three two one and he is on instagram at three two one t shirt guy and I think he's also on facebook as three two one t shirt guy yes three two one t shirt guy on all his social medias reach out to Brendan especially if you have any news to share for the indie roundup independent wrestler independent wrestler promotion fan uh, please, please reach out to Brendan. We'd love to feature you on a future edition of the Inbound Up. And of course, news of the week too. If you have any news, please feel free to share it with us. Me, Miranda Morales. You can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter, because that's not my thing. But still, follow all of us on social media. If you are listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, like uh, Spotify, Podbay, Speaker, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and more. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so that way you get a notification each and every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is dropped. You can leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show. Let us know your thoughts on topics, ideas, things we talk about, things we should talk about, things we should stop talking about, whatever that may be. Let us know. Uh, on social media or through um, your favorite podcast platform. And with that, well, we're done for today, but we will be back with you next week. Thank you all so much for listening. For Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all, and we'll be with you next week. 